this is the future, right? You know, people watching kind of on-demand TV, the younger generation, they don't want to sit down in front of a TV and wait till eight o'clock to watch the show that they want to watch. They want to watch what they want, when they want, and, and, and different type of content, not very professionally produced and edited content. They want really raw, really relatable content. And he said, it's going to be massive, you know, and he was a very early kind of believer. And, you know, he kind of, I believed in him and believed in what he was saying. So I thought, actually, I don't want to miss this. So it was really an element of right place, right time. And you know, I was always used to measure success via, you know, kind of numbers, you know, quantifiable, you know, whether it's turnover or profit or, you know, materialistic items. Um, but actually, you know, kind of you know, reaching a point in my own career, I think becoming a dad, um, I think, you know, last year was, was, was incredibly busy for me. I, I got married, I had a baby and I launched two new businesses, right? Uh, and, and, and it was a bit chaotic and, and coming through that, you know, it's, it's, it's some of the, the uh, non-quantifiable things that, that actually I think matter most. And it's about, you know, relationships, it's about, you know, fulfillment, it's about, you know, even things like work-life balance. I, you look at young people generally these days, their whole lives are lived out on social media. Everyone's, you know, comparing everyone else on social media. And it's all about chasing likes or views or engagement. Um, well, you imagine taking that to extreme. It's not only your social life, it's your professional life and your business life. Some of these people have dedicated, you know, their five years from the ages of 16 to 21. They didn't go to college, didn't go to university because they were following this dream of becoming a social media influencer. And then all of a sudden it falls off a cliff. And uh, one of my clients, JJ or KSI, as he's better known, was fighting in a, a professional boxing match out in Los Angeles and, and we flew out there, um, a couple of us from, from, from Carpenter Box and uh, we were ringside seats, uh, an amazing, it was promoted by Eddie Hearn and, and Matchroom. I think we had 50 clients in the room, you know, and we, you know, feelings, you know, part of that kind of scene at that moment in time was kind of like, wow, yeah, this is this is special because you know often I'm dealing with these people on the computer on a phone actually being present in that moment and going actually wow this is what it's all about was uh, was was really really good and, and a real highlight that I'll, I'll remember for a long time yeah work hard find your niche find what you're passionate about that's the most important thing at that age welcome to the county business talks podcast powered by picturebook films here we're going to be talking to entrepreneurs and business owners from across sussex delving into the mindsets of what makes them really tick okay so welcome to another episode of the county business talks podcast my guest on the podcast this week is a partner at accountancy firm carpenter box but he's not your average accountant he become youngest partner in the firm, ages 27. During that time, set up Starbucks, a sidearm of Carpenter Box that looks after the financial affairs of some of the biggest influencers and YouTube sensations in the UK. He's also the founder at RK Media, and someone I've known over the, uh, over the last few years, on and off the football pitch, shall we say. Delighted to welcome Sam Ewins. How are you, mate? Very well, mate. Thank you very much for having me. Good oh, to mate. see you in a slightly different setting rather than running around a six-a-side pitch <laughs> reffing. But uh, no, good to be here. Thank you. Mate, no, listen, awesome. It's been great to obviously knowing you over the last few years and seeing things that you've started and got involved with and stuff. It's been fascinating. Look, really delighted to have you on, mate. So look, we're going to jump straight in, as we always do. Just tell listeners a little bit about yourself, about your business journey, sort of where it all started. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I suppose I had a slightly unorthodox uh, entrance into the world of tax and accountancy. I, I never set out to become an accountant, uh, you know, like, like you know, a lot of people who end up in 
in, in their kind of I suppose dream jobs, which which sounds odd to say at this stage. But um, I was very I was I was a very average achiever at school and probably an underachiever at college, and uh, was trying to work out what I wanted to do. Mm. Uh, so uh, towards the end of my college days, I went to Chichester College, uh, the AAT, uh, which is a kind of a, an entry level qualification into the world of accountancy, came in. And spoke to us about you know kind of an alternative route into the industry rather than going down the university route. It, you know they kind of use this phrase "earn whilst you learn." And mm. uh, because I'd underachieved at college, wasn't sure I ever wanted to go to university. I saw it as an opportunity to uh, you know get a role, get a job, and and try and move forward. So uh, I you know went through my network, wanted to find uh, a placement because the big thing was you know you can earn whilst you learn, but you've got to go and find yourself a role, find yourself a job. And obviously mm-hmm. this was in. 2009 so we were just coming out of big recession you know economic downturn lots of businesses had kind of tightened their belts so uh, that was a little bit tricky but managed to find you know through a good friend of mine his, his dad was was in the industry and uh, yeah managed to secure six weeks work experience as a starting point so nice. uh, started on six weeks work experience and, and kind of the story goes from there really wow so that and that's so it's in 2009 you obviously started in as a trainee at carpenter box but then 2013, recently after you obviously you qualify as an accountant, you, you then, that's sort of almost where Starbucks, Starbucks yeah, started. Yeah, absolutely. So, so how, do you, how do you at that age go into the partners and go, you know what, I've got this idea? And yeah, so, so what happened was I, uh, the, the reason I got into accountancy in the first place is I'd always had a keen interest in business and finance. You know, I've yeah. always, even from a very young age, been you know really interested in business. I think you know, I always read you know Steve Jobs's autobiography or okay. uh, you know those, those sorts of uh, individuals were, were were very influential for me. People I kind of you know looked up to and uh, you know, wanted to you know kind of make my way and 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 I thought accountancy was a great route into into business more generally. Um, my so back- you'd felt like you would like from from that young age, you say like about reading them type of books and stuff. You, so you almost you got into a cab, but you had an idea. You thought, oh, well, one day I'll have my own business or something along them lines. Uh, absolutely, or? always wanted to have my own business. Always yeah, wanted like to be involved in more of the running of the business. And accounting for me um, was, you know, it teaches you all of the fundamentals about you know yeah, running true. a business behind the scenes, and it was a great route to you know become a business owner in the future. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, my family business is actually kind of in construction, and and I, I realised from a young age that that's absolutely not what I wanted to do. My granddad <laughs> worked in that industry, my dad worked in that industry, and during that kind of limbo period of kind of finishing college and finding a job, I did, I think it was two weeks work with my old man, um, going out on on a building site, getting up at you know six in the morning, uh, yeah. leaving home. And I thought I don't want to do that, and and that was the motivation <laughs> for me to think right when I landed that. Uh, opportunity with work experience at Carpenter Box I thought I can't let this slip through my hands because yeah. obviously they're a great local business I grew up in Worthing obviously they've been in Worthing for you know 100 years next year it's our 100 wow. year anniversary which is quite exciting so uh, yeah so got the work experience and thought I'm going to absolutely work as hard as I possibly can to, uh, yeah. to prove myself because I was actually missed the kind of intake for, to, for, for going on to a student contract I think they'd agreed all of the offered all of the positions in the February I only kind of started reaching out to people in I think May and they were like sorry all of our roles are gone but come in for six weeks work experience and and we'll see how you get on so I worked really really hard uh, and then kind of went into the managing partner's office at the time and just said look thanks for you know the opportunity really enjoyed my time I'm going to apply for a trainee role next year and hopefully I'll see you again in the future and he 
he turned around and said, look, we've been really impressed. You know, we've managed to kind of, you know, create a role for you and we'd love for you to stay. So, uh, so that was, yeah, 2009. I, I stayed, uh, I then kind of went straight on to uh, an ACCA studying package, which is the Chartered Certified Accountancy exams. Uh, I was just about to turn 18 and thought, uh, I'm gonna have to work hard now because up to that point, uh, studying and exams and, and uh, you know were very low down on my priority list I'd kind of enjoyed <laughs> my teenage years probably a little bit too much yeah, sure. like I said doing that time with my dad I thought I don't want to go back to doing that so I've got to make this work and uh, yes yeah, so I studied really hard and, and managed to qualify in, in four years and, and uh, you yeah, became a, a chartered certified accountant at the age of 22 uh, which I think was quite a surprise to my parents given that I'd pretty much failed college yeah. not because I wasn't bright enough but just because I hadn't found that drive or or wasn't, wasn't interested in, in that side of things at that point. Because that, what's, what's interesting, like, and I'm, I'm keen to hear your thoughts on this about, like, because I talk on here quite a lot about the education system and what that looks like, and it's just that sometimes, like, school, college, it not doesn't actually fit in with what, because there's a, a curriculum and there's things you've got to follow, if you're not, that doesn't tick your boxes, or you're not learning in that way, then you're you're not following what you want to do, so you're not engaged in that, you know what I mean? So uh, absolutely, I, I, I found that the education system didn't motivate me, you know, at all. I couldn't associate the studying I was doing at that point with my kind of dream of being a business owner yeah. or, or, or something in the future. So uh, I'm also somebody that didn't go to university during, you know, we're seeing more and more people go to university now, and I'm a big believer that there's alternative routes to in, in any career path, not just in professional services, but yeah. uh, they're the not going to university. And you know, I talk to a lot of young people at the moment, and you know, university, you know, is great uh, for, for some people, but actually, it's not right for everybody. And unfortunately, I think we've seen more and more people, you know, feel like they have no choice but to go to university. They're yeah. racking up huge amounts of debt, and uh, it's not actually providing them the opportunities that, that they they were expecting. It almost feel like they've been sold a bit of a dream. You know, yeah. go to university, get a good degree, you'll get a job. And unfortunately, in this day, it's it's just not the case. Sometimes, actually, having some hands-on, real experience um, yeah. can be more valuable than perhaps some of the university degrees that people are giving out these days. So, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, university is a great option, but it, it's not the only option, in my view. I, I love that. And I, I, obviously, you. We're we're talking about a little bit, but you obviously just had a young young young, young daughter. daughter. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. daughter Millie. She's she's turning nine months old next week. So uh, yeah. So because I, I, I always talk about like with markets, and I think like if they as they grow up, if they come to me and they you know dad, I want to be a solicitor or a doctor, and they have you know you have to get a degree to that's the only path mm. to, to 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 do that. Then fine, of course I support that, but. To just go to university, I don't really know what I'm going to do, so I'm just going to go and get a degree. Like, Almost buys some time, doesn't yeah. it, a little bit? And I think at the moment, you know, young adults, you know, 18, 19, there is a real lack of opportunity. Yeah. Um, and therefore, I think they feel like going to university almost kicks the can down the road. And it's like, well, yeah. I'll deal with it when I'm 21, 22 in, in three years' time. But, uh, you know, with the cost of going to university these days and the competition for jobs and mm. roles, and, uh, you know, it, it's really, really difficult out there. It's, it's really tough for young people at the moment. I, I, I agree. And I, I, but I think, not for me, that I would not discourage them to go. Like I, like I said, if there's a specific thing they want to do, of course, no mm. problem. But if not, I'd love them to come to me and go, Dad, I've got a business idea, or I'm going to travel the world, or go and get some experience, life experience, or do something. To, because, like you said, I, I, I'm, I'm a believer in that as well. I, I, you know, I, I didn't go to university. But I failed my A levels. I come out and you know didn't really know what path he's going to take. So I think 
just to just to show that there are other opportunities out there and especially entrepreneurship is encouraged a lot more in Absolutely. schools nowadays yeah. I think it's more and hopefully that will be encouraged when they sort of get to that, that, little, that little bit older I think yeah. no I com- completely agree I think um, you know the, the education system is, is very rigid and very structured but, mm. but actually you know we live in a world where you know you have huge amounts of access to information online and, yeah. and, and you know you can teach yourself an awful lot as well a lot of my clients are completely self-taught from watching videos on YouTube you know whether that's you know how to edit videos how to create websites you know they're, they're yeah. teaching themselves they've got that entrepreneurial spirit and unfortunately the education system doesn't look to um, you know kind of encourage or, or mentor that at all they, yeah. they want to send you down the traditional path and you know I, I've tried to break the mold with what I've done a little bit like I said I didn't go to university I did do my 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 chartered accountancy exams which obviously were really important to me at the time um, but you know in a professional practice um, I've managed to break down barriers within our own business which hopefully you know will will uh, you know provide a path for, for other people coming through as well I love that I love that and, I, and like, like I say again back to that that, that time of gaining that, that in 2013 so you've just qualified but you, you're going in and presenting the idea about Starbucks and and but where's that confidence come like to be able to go in at that stage and go, just qualified but you know what I think this is the future this yeah what do. yeah absolutely so uh, the, the story kind of goes I, I went to school with a, a local lad called Marcus Marcus Butler he We've been friends for, for a long, long time, I think since we were about seven or eight years old. Um, and he uh, was creating YouTube videos from the age of about 16, 17. You know, at the time, you imagine we were a group of young lads. He was kind of the buck of the joke at the time. Um, you know, why are you uploading kind of silly videos online? Yeah. Uh, but it soon kind of took off. He found, you know, he was one of the kind of first generation or first wave of kind of online social media stars that could, you know, not only make a living from from social media, but make a very good living from social media. And he phoned me up when I think we're about 20, 21 years old and said, look, I've started earning a bit of money from my YouTube channel. I'm actually going to quit my job and do this full time. Um, I think I need to pay some taxes. I've got no idea what I'm doing. Can you help me out? So I said, I've been training for about three years by this point. I'd kind of got the basics and I was, you know, uh, know, kind of, I suppose, learning my craft, so to speak. Um, and said, well, look, I'll happily help you out. I'd known how some of the behind the scenes work just from being around him. I actually helped him film a few of his early videos behind <laughs> the camera um, and, and understood how the back end sort of worked. Um, so I said, yeah, well, let me help you out. So I helped him do his first tax return. And he became my first client just from being a, wow. a, a close friend. Uh, through word of mouth, we ended up with about three or four clients just because I could talk the language. I, I knew how it worked and, and people, because Marcus was using me, you know, other people said, oh, well, if you're looking after Marcus, just look after my stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So I had about four clients and I thought, well, actually, this industry is now growing really, really quickly. And you've got to remember back then in kind of 2013, this was this was a tiny kind of seed compared to what it was now. Yeah, sure. There was probably only 50 people in the country that were earning any sort of money from uploading videos on YouTube. Um, I thought, actually, this is just growing, growing, growing. And and Marcus had said to me for years, this is the future, right? You know, people watching kind of on-demand TV, the younger generation, they don't want to sit down in front of a TV and wait till 8 o'clock to watch the show that they want to watch. They want to watch what they want, when they want, and and different type of content, not very professionally produced and edited content. They want really raw, really relatable content. And he said it's going to be massive you know and he was a very early kind of believer and you know he kind of I believed in him and believed in what he was saying so I thought actually I don't want to miss this so it was really an element of right place right time um, you know in terms of obviously my friendship with Marcus my understanding of the industry Um, and then it was a case of going well hold on a second you know Carpenter Box 
we've been around for like 90 years we're a very traditional business in the local business community yeah. we're now trying to attract clients of a very different demographic um, both age and and region and geography you know these clients are based all over the country yeah. um, and they're often ages age between kind of 16 and 20 years old and my message to the board was well you know the the branding at the moment you know you're after your traditional kind of 40 year old businessman in the local business market the website and and the brand just isn't going to be suitable in my view i think we need to do something different and i think because of the success you know we'd had and and obviously i'd been you know coming through the ranks from an early age i was 17 when i started at carpenter box wow. um and like i said by the time at this point i'm probably 21 22 um uh, and and they backed me to be to be fair to them alan edwards who's now managing partner he was kind of my mentor and my you know, he was a partner that, that i kind of reported into he really backed me and and said look you know what do you need we've we, we spent a couple of grand on effectively a website and a brand and we yeah. came up with a name and 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 it was kind of born from there and then through kind of word of mouth and you know a little bit of seo and a little bit of marketing but predominantly word of mouth you know, we've now got, I think, nearly 400 clients that operate in that social media world. And, wow. and Starbucks makes up close to 15% in terms of turnover of the whole Carpenter Box business. And obviously, Carpenter Box has been around for nearly 100 years. Starbucks has just ticked over seven or eight. So, uh, yeah, wow. Uh, wow. it's been an incredible incredible journey and obviously although i still head it up we've got a team of about 16 17 people now that work looking after that kind of starbucks portfolio of clients and and what's really nice is it's still very much part of the carpenter box family yeah. you know we didn't ever spin it out we've not you know i'm not taking it out myself it, you know the carpenter box partners as a, as a collective group of individuals we all own that brand and own that business and and you know all very excited about the journey that it's on like, that's, that's incredible really and i think What's fascinating? What what I think is fascinating about it is like at twenty one years old to be like you say a little bit right time right place, and I get that. But I think I always we do create our own luck sometimes as well. And I think like to have you've got to have a mindset be open to opportunities. Like Marcus could have said that to someone else and gone, oh yeah, and they'd have just gone and carried on working at carpenter box and doing their thing. But for you to like you said have that. I guess that mindset, that open mind is to go, there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity because entrepreneurs yeah. ultimately just look for opportunities, don't we? That, that's exactly it. what it was. Yeah, it was identifying the opportunity and being kind of, you know, passionate and, you know, really believing in it enough to almost then get the, the wider kind of, you know, the partnership yeah. group at the time on, on board. And, you know, it wasn't wasn't easy. I'm not saying I walked straight in there and they just wrote a check and said, go for it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they were effectively backing a 22-year-old a, a guy um, who was still, I was still learning my craft and I was very closely, you know, mentored. They said, you go and do your thing, bringing in the clients, but you know, everything was reviewed by all the yeah, you know, managers sure. and partners and, you know, all the proper kind of, you know, compliance processes were in place. But, you know, fair play to them as well for giving such a young guy free reign to to actually give yeah. this a go and, and and roll the dice. So uh, yeah, it was kind of you know from from both sides it worked quite well. And I think you know that's why a lot of people say to me, oh, you know, you're still at Carpenter Box. I thought you might have you know a big business. And and there's a real element of loyalty to that. You know, they backed me yeah. when I had a vision that would have been quite alien to them. You yeah. know. And actually, I've always wanted to kind of repay that support and belief with with loyalty and and build it together. So uh, yeah, it's been great. That's great, and that's a great trait to have, isn't it? That that loyalty as well, and 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 loyalty and integrity that we have in business. I think they're two values I hold in quite high regard, and I think um, 
that, that gets you a long way, I think, in, in life in general and certainly within the business world. I think if you, you stick to those, that, those morals, it's brilliant. I, I, I want to talk a little bit about, I, I've done a talk recently about about failure um, and that we, we face some challenges and stuff in the business. It seems that, talk to me a little bit about some of the challenges maybe you've had, like, from, you know, from a 20, as a 22-year-old and obviously then leading that arm of Starbucks. I guess it's, it helps having, like you say, having Carpenter Box and some great advisors then behind you in that sense. Yeah. But going up through that and then obviously we will go on and talk a little bit about RK Media, which you founded as well as, a, as another as yeah, another yeah. business. But yeah, talk to me a little bit about some challenges and your relationship with failure. Yeah. Obviously, uh, especially like you sort of say from the college side of things you sort of come out of there so just your mentality around that yeah absolutely so um like i said uh, college was a i effectively failed college i I scraped through with enough a levels to make it onto the course that i went on to but uh i I effectively uh, i I got a a u in my chemistry exams for example so i completely failed that i did better in business and accountancy i'll let let you all know so don't worry too much (laughs) but uh, chemistry i completely failed and uh you know I was as a young guy at the time and I'm the youngest in my year I'm a late August baby and I was mm-hmm. I, you know kind of didn't have that maturity and I think the the biggest thing that I learned shortly afterwards is that I never really learned how to learn and and that sounds crazy um, but through my GCSEs and my my A levels I never found a technique or a, a method for me that meant that, that, that this stuff would stick yeah. and going into doing you know diving in as an 18 year old to do the ACCA exams which are notoriously difficult um I had a rough ride actually in the first couple I scraped a few I actually failed one of the early ones um and then all of a sudden uh it clicked and, and I found just a technique and a method for me that worked and it was it was nothing that anyone else had ever taught you previously yeah. and from that point onwards I, I effectively had a clean slate and passed every exam and I think that was a combination of you know maturing as, as you know as a young adult yeah. um, but also just finding a technique that that just worked for me it just happened to click at that time um but that was a challenging time for me because all of my friends, apart from Marcus, who was doing his social media work, had gone off to university, and they were all living their lives, you know, out and out a lot, making new friends, making new social circles, and I was still living at home, um, working five days a week. Actually, in the in the first eight weeks, I was I was working five days a week at Carpenter Box, and because I was only on kind of work experience, my mum wouldn't let me quit my my weekend job, which was working at Tesco. <laughs> so I worked uh, I worked nine hours on a Saturday at Tesco's, four hours on a Sunday at Tesco's, and I worked Monday evenings while still doing five days a week work experience at Carpenter Box. And I, from that point onwards, I I kind of learned, you know, hard work and and yeah. learned how much of an opportunity I had, and and, and I didn't want to didn't want to lose it so um you know that was a a a tough period um you know kind of you know coming of age a little bit i suppose which which is interesting um this the second one that really sticks with me was i was around 25 years old and i lost my biggest client uh, they're local i won't obviously say who they are but they uh they decided to leave one of them had been with me for for four or five years one of them had only been with me for uh, maybe 12 to 18 months and uh, they didn't really give a read went made a mistake and made an error they were effectively growing significantly in yeah. in their own roles and profiles and they were very very successful and I think I was a young 24 25 year old guy and they'd effectively outgrown me a little bit yeah. they went to a big central London firm with uh, you know high-flying you know people with a big reputation 
And that was my first real knock on my confidence because at yeah. that point, almost everyone I spoke to had signed up and I'd been getting glowing reviews and we'd been doing amazing work. And yeah. then to lose your big client to effectively a big traditional firm in, in central London, um, I thought, oh God, is that how they're all going to go now? And you, yeah. and you think, can I, can I actually do it. this? You, the self-doubt was massive. And, yeah. and I, you know, from being on a real roll of, of, like I said, you know, everything really kind of just falling into place and going to plan yeah. to then lose your highest profile, biggest client. Um, it wasn't so much about the finances because at that point I was just getting paid what I was getting paid. Yeah, but yeah. It was about the reputation. It was about going, all oh, right, well, they've left and actually why should I be with you and who've they gone to? And you know, people talk in the industry and um, that really knocked me for six for a few weeks and, and kind of really knocked my confidence. You yeah, know, yeah. I was going into every meeting so confident about what we do, what we offer, and, and why why people should sign up yeah. with us, um, and what value we add, uh, that I started really self doubting, and uh, it took me you know a few weeks to kind of you know, get back on the horse and 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 kind of really rebuild that confidence. And and don't get me wrong that we've lost a couple of other clients for for varying different reasons, but generally speaking, you know we 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 lose very few clients as a percentage of what we got mm. and, and that for me was you know that that just builds your confidence yeah, you know, yeah, and, sure. and the amount of referrals that we get from other people means that you know we must be doing something right. must be doing a good job must be doing something right and, and i think what was challenging about that particular one is when i i tried to kind of understand it and i tried to rationalize it in my own head as to why they'd yeah. made the decision but there wasn't really a reason they they, they didn't and, and it was almost like if we'd made a big error it's like uh, we've made a mistake this yeah. is the consequence like no you know yeah, I, I understand it but it. they never really gave a reason and uh, I really kind of struggled with that because you just start going yeah. into your own head about well what have I done wrong is it me is it this that, and the other yeah. and as a, as a young adult uh, you know 25 I think I was at the time that was really really tough to deal with and had yeah. the potential to derail this whole project I think we probably had 25 30 clients at the time oh, we, yeah. we lost our two biggest clients in in one go uh, or two two of our biggest clients and you think well hold on a second but actually the following year after that was probably one of the best years after we kind of got over yeah. it and and uh, really kind of kicked us on and and uh, yeah really just wanted to go out there and and be the best in class and 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 yeah. really kind of nail down that whole industry which we we managed to do in the end it's incredible because I can imagine that thought process around it like you said that my understanding of that that world the YouTube the influencer world is like you say they all sort of know each other is it that type of thing that's my impression yeah absolutely I mean there's a uh, I don't think it's so active now but in the early years there was this um, famous kind of Facebook group where if you were any sort of size creator everybody was in there and they'd always just sort of say oh I'm looking for an accountant does anyone know a lawyer does anyone know yeah, yeah, this that or the other and it was a real tight-knit community because there was lots of people at that time trying to crack that industry because they knew there was going to be some money in it and yeah. because we'd been in it before there was any money in it we had this kind of natural you know trust it wasn't like oh they're getting big and they're earning lots of money now we're interested yeah, sure. I was doing it right from the to, from the very beginning so we've always had a really really good reputation in the industry and like I said a huge amount of our work comes from you know referrals because yeah, sure. you know people talk they say well who are they looking after you know who, who, who sorts out your tax or accounting or financial advice and yeah. uh, you know they say well go and talk to Sam go and talk to Nick who's, who's one of my colleagues who's been with me for the last kind of seven years now yeah. and uh, you know it's a bit like in, in the football space as well um, you know, if you're 
if you're in a Chelsea dressing room a few years ago, <laughs> you need something, you probably go to John Terry. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, where do I get this? Who do you, who looks after this for you? And and John Terry will, will tell you his guy. Yeah, I hear the same. Mark Noble at West Ham apparently is exactly the same. You know, yeah, if, yeah, uh, yeah, if you sure. need something, and and there's a few kind of leaders in the industry that people naturally kind of go to. Um, because they they feel like they've got their house in order, and people go, well, I want to have my house in order as well. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 been great. It's been a, a, a real journey over the last. Uh, you know, I've been at Carpenter Box for thirteen years now this year, but Starbucks yeah, yeah, yeah. for kind of you know nine or ten years. Um, you know, which is which which has been great. So, to, to, that's interesting about, it. and it's great to see that. I guess the like you say that that resilient mindset, like. It's, because I, I always think like with failures that we learn from those things don't we like I, I guess with with that like you said it's a little bit it's something a little bit out of your control like you said you couldn't pinpoint it to go oh, I've done actually done something wrong but so it plays on your mind maybe a little bit more what what what, what is it that, that's happened there but then to to go right now bounce back and come out of it and go and then keep growing as you have done to what like 400 clients like you said quite an incredible growth then over the next few years as well which is so talk to me then about like what the what does what does success look like to you yeah i uh, think that's really interesting i think if you'd asked me that a few years ago you know i was always used to measure success via you know kind of numbers you know quantifiable you know whether it's turnover or profit or yeah. you know materialistic items um but actually you know, kind of you know, reaching a point in my own career, I think becoming a dad. Um, I think you know, last year was 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 incredibly busy for me. I I got married, I had a baby, and I launched two new businesses. Right, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and and it was a bit chaotic. And and coming through that, you know, it's 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 some of the the quanti- uh, non quantifiable things that that actually I think matter most. And it's about you know relationships. It's about you know fulfillment. It's about you know even things like work life balance. I you, know, you ask my wife, I, I've worked a stupid amount of hours in the last you know 12 months chasing this dream um but actually you kind of realize that I, you know if you're if you're wired that way you'll never really get there because actually uh, you know some of my biggest successes you know people have been like oh my god that's that's amazing but for me it's like well what's next what's next and and trying to kind of actually move away from that a little bit and actually really appreciate what you've already got and what you've already achieved um allows you to I think you know become you know happier and 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 actually enjoy the success a little bit more because you know otherwise you'll 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 just keep going I think you'll never even if you become a you know a billionaire it won't be enough for for one reason or another so yeah trying to move away from from those quantifiable numbers um, and actually look at you know uh, enjoyment uh, of life and and like I said work-life balance relationships with your friends and family uh, and uh, you know, and and enjoying the 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 now, live in the present a little bit more. Um, that that that's kind of. And I, I've only really recently been on that journey in the last twelve or eighteen months. I think if you talked to me prior to that, it was about chasing the next you know success story. Uh, yeah. You know whether it's more clients, more money, more businesses, more more whatever it might be. Mate, you know what? Fascinating. Such wise words from you know still because how old are you now? I'm you? thirty now. Yeah. Yeah, from for me, like, because I, I, I look, but I, I talked very similar to this in, in my recent talk. I was talking about failure, but I then talked about a definition of success, mm. and it was very much along them lines. I was like, from thirty up until probably near to when I was forty, I was chasing. My, in my head, it was all success was based because there's a narrative out there that's still based around your success is 
how many zeros have you got in yeah. your account or what a successful business is someone that's turning over 100 million or whatever that looks like um whereas and we mentioned off air a little bit about Stephen Barley but he talks about it in his book as well like 25 like floating on social chain for wherever mm-hmm. he was his net worth 30 million or something at the time and you sort of and it but he talks about exactly that about fulfillment and not get promise you, yourself this big euphoria moment and you but it's, it's not there, it's an anti-climax. Yeah, I think I, I'd see that with a lot of my clients as well. You know, Some of my clients are incredibly high profile. They get invited to every event under the sun. They're multi, yeah. multi-millionaires. Um, you know, they're, they're famous as well, throw that into the mix. Yeah. But actually, you know, it, they're, they're not necessarily happy and, and a yeah. huge proportion of my clients have you know therapists and, and support around them. Yeah. And some of them talk openly about it, some of them don't. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm aware of it because you know, I, I talk to them and I'm, I'm their close advisor. And, and for me, that was a real eye-opener. You think on paper, these people should be the happiest people in the world. They've got all the money, all the fame. They've got all these famous people in their phone book. They can go to any event under the sun. They want to go to the Brits, the BAFTAs, the Oscars. You know, they can get there. They can do what they want. Um, but actually, because of the, the journey that they've had, they've lost a lot of those kind of school friends or they don't talk to their family as much because they've been so caught up in this world yeah. which unfortunately is filled with you know a number of kind of fickle people that are kind of chasing that lifestyle as well yeah. they don't really know who who to trust or you know who to work with and and uh, you know, that, that that really takes its toll and, and actually seeing them go through that on an even more extreme level to, to myself you kind of think well yeah. actually they've got everything on paper and they're not there so you know well, actually yeah. that's not the answer yeah. you know it's not the answer to just keep chasing more and more and more and you know, you're trying to focus on, like I said, some of those things that aren't zeros in a bank account or who, you, you know, famous people that you're networking with. Yeah. Um, and like I said, that that's only happened for me in the last kind of 12 months or so. And as part of that, I've tried to really adjust my work-life balance. I've been trying to delegate, we've been trying to hire, we've been trying to bring in really senior members of people that I can hand over responsibility to. That uh, yeah. Previously, I wouldn't have wanted to because I was, I was never a a, a real control freak I've always been aware of the benefits of delegating and bringing in yeah, good yeah. people you know we've had to you know with the size of the business that it is now but uh, you know even more so I'm really trying to push that I'm really trying to bring in people around me that I can go take that off off of my plate yeah. um, so I can you know adjust my work-life balance a little bit more and uh, you know in, enjoy life because um, uh, you know I've had from the minute I started at Carpenter Box, I was kind of chasing that dream of becoming a partner. And, and uh, you know, once you get there, it wasn't anticlimactic because it, it's almost like the hard work starts then. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, really, really good. Mate, no, that's, that's really... And I suppose especially in, within that world that you're, you're in and with that, like, a lot of them younger people as well, aren't they? I guess they're you know, influencers, YouTubers, whatever that looks like, they're a younger generation and to have that amount of money and that amount of fame I guess at a certain level like like you say how do, how do you cope with that how do you deal with that and that's a difficult thing sometimes I guess in, within that scene you must see it a lot within that scene then. absolutely it's something I'm actually really passionate about and, and one of my kind of my side projects was, was wanting to set up um you know, almost like an association for helping these people, a little bit like the PFA in the football world, yeah, where yeah, yeah. you know there's almost like a union type organisation whereby people can talk to in confidence, whether they're having money troubles, they're having you know, mental health issues, um, you know, uh, you know, even creativity problems, you know, but actually they've got a support network or team around them. Now, the, yeah. the, the big creators have got those teams around them. You know, they've yeah, got yeah. they've got teams of 20, 25 people, you know, just around one YouTube channel. 
but the people that are at that mid-tier or perhaps lower down don't have that support network but they're yeah. facing a lot of the same challenges you know you look at young people generally these days their whole lives are lived out on social media everyone's yeah, yeah, you know comparing everyone else on social media and it's all about chasing likes or views or engagement um well you imagine taking that to extreme it's not only your social life it's your professional life and your business life yeah. some of these people dedicated you know they're five years from the ages of 16 to 21 they didn't go to college didn't go to university because they were following this dream of becoming a social media influencer and then all of a sudden it falls off a cliff and and they're not relevant anymore they're not getting the engagement uh you know they're not earning anywhere near as much money and they've got effectively no real fallback either um now for those individuals it's really really tough um because you go from all the highs and it's like a lot of industries right when you're hot everyone wants to know you and when you're not nobody wants to know you and yeah. you know nobody answers your phones nobody answers your texts all those people that you you know you did favors for when 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 you were hot they, they don't want to know you anymore and i think that's wow. really really challenging for certainly those younger people to deal yeah. with and something that i think the industry is going to need to look at because um you know unfortunately those careers are going to be relatively short we're, we're only probably you know, maximum 15 years into this world, right? Even if you started right at the very, very beginning in 2000, I think YouTube was launched in 2006, right? So even if you were on the platform from 2007, 2008, so only 14 years ago, you know, what what does the longevity look like? And and actually a lot of my clients, not a lot, a a handful are coming to that, you you might call it retirement, and uh, they're going, what am I gonna do? Um, Some of them have hopefully, taking good advice and they've saved money or they've invested it wisely so that it can last them maybe for a lifetime but a lot of them spent it and enjoyed it whilst it was coming in and and there's not going to be much left in the pot anymore so it's may i suppose it's so similar i guess like you're looking at almost to like an athlete like a sportsman like footballer very similar amount of money within football and you look at but it's a short career ultimately isn't it mid-30s you're going to be retired and what is that because again again something i'm really interested in is you get to that point and when you haven't got a purpose and you haven't got for, for what damaging that can be to someone's mental I, I, I interviewed the guy um, Kevin Byrne from Checker Trade when he sold Checker Trade um, and you talk to this guy and like, he sold it for 90 million or something crazy like that and you sort of again back to that whole euphoria moment think but he the, the level of like talking to him the level of anti-climax he felt at that time and he said he went through a really dark period after that because this guy I listened to him talk, he loved that business, loved running Checker Trade. It's all then back to that whole thing we're talking about, about but but about life being not being a destination, but it's the journey. You've got to enjoy that whole process and that period of, of growth. Like even with you like with Star Starbucks and starting that and seeing that grow over like it's that journey of, of growing. Like you said, if you over that period it will be interesting to just think over that period how much of it you've gone you, you've really been present and enjoyed that moment where like you said if you're in that mindset going I'm chasing like this is one bit great what's the next one what's yeah, the next yeah, one what's the next bit it's, it's definitely that and I'll, I'll try to you know talking to myself about that as much as anyone else but about just knowing and, and I've, again I spoke about in that talk the other day about it, not life not being that destination but it is a journey enjoy the journey got to, no absolutely and I'm, I'm glad I've you know had that realization yeah. now because i could have kept chasing and kept going you know for the next 10 years as yeah. well and I, i've done it like i said from the minute i sat down i set myself a target of of 
I knew I wanted to become a partner at Carpenter Box. And yeah. I said that I was on work experience at the time, a 17-year-old. I, I never told anybody. They would have thought I was crazy, right? Yeah. Uh, I made partner at 27. It took me 10 years from work experience to partner, um, which had never been done before. And yeah. it, it, hopefully, I've, I really hope it will be done again. And like I said, hopefully, I've kind of trailblazed the path to show that you don't just yeah. have to wait and do your time, you yeah, know, yeah. for 20, 30 years to become a partner. Um, there is, you know, you can kind of, make your own opportunity as well um yeah. so so but yeah no com completely agree career highlight being becoming a partner or anything else what, yeah what? i think i think career highlight definitely becoming a partner yeah. you know I, I i think there's three that really stick out for me um qualifying and becoming the youngest person in in the firm to qualify one of the youngest in the country uh, but oh. didn't quite get that uh, but you know you have to do three years work experience you have to pass 14 exams um, yeah, yeah, but yeah becoming one of the youngest in the country but but the youngest in the history of our firm at the time was 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 a massive one um becoming a partner at, at 27 um yeah. again you know it's a business that i'm incredibly proud of you know like i said I've, I've never known anything different but yeah. um you know the support and belief that those guys gave in me at a young age was great and they shared my vision and believed in it yeah. so you know making a partner and sitting around the table with those people that I'd looked up to for a long yeah, period yeah. of time was 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 great and then and then the third one was um uh one of my clients JJ or KSI as he's better known was fighting in a, a professional boxing match out in Los Angeles and and we flew out there um a couple of us from 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 Carpenter Box and uh, we ringside seats uh, and amazing it was promoted yeah. by Eddie Hearn and, and Matchroom and wow. I think we had 50 clients in the room you know and we f you know feelings you know as part of that kind of scene at that moment in time was kind of like wow yeah this is this is That's special because you know often I'm dealing with these people on a computer on a phone yeah, but actually yeah. being present in that moment and going actually wow this is what it's all about was uh, wow. was was really really good and, and a real highlight that I'll, I'll remember for a long time because I, I guess as well with that, like that, and just getting into that space in, at, at the start, and then, like you say, being at somewhere like that and seeing how that business has grown, and that, like, what, did, did did you from that, did you have that vision from a young like this? This is going to be. I'd like I said, I think Marcus was, you know, he he kind of you know was so passionate about it. Yeah. That it kind of that really rubbed off on me, yeah, and yeah, and, yeah, and sure. I shared his vision. I could see what he was achieving. Um, and, and I had never had any desire, despite me being in front of the camera today, yeah. I'm much, much more comfortable uh, the <laughs> other side of the camera. And I, I've had, had never had any want or need to be kind of, you know, famous or popular or, yeah, you sure. know, I'm, I'm much more comfortable actually being almost being in the shadows, working hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, he was so passionate about it that uh, and you could see the creativity of these guys coming through and the, and the talent as well. Yeah. That you thought, you know, this is there's something here this isn't this isn't a fad this isn't just going to pass over yeah. you know this is here to stay so um yeah it was just yeah got in early you know really understood and, and built relationships with a lot of these guys and girls from a young yeah. age we've been on a journey right you know some yeah. of us some of my well, like i said marcus was my first client in like 2012 2013 i think so coming up to 10 years yeah wow. some of these guys have been clients um you know in the next couple of years so it's uh yeah really really good yeah some and I just want to take it back a little bit, like, because what it strikes me as well is like you, you've got this, you've obviously got a very strong work ethic, like you, you, you know, again, getting to know you over the years as I have done, but you, you, you've got obviously a strong. Where does that come from? Like, 
couple of things really does that come from like your parents and stuff did they, did they instill that in you do you think or yes uh, absolutely my, my parents have always been very very hard working and, yeah. and, and instilled that in me from a young age you know I did I had a paper round from 13 I was yeah, earning yeah. 13 pound a week doing a paper round in, in Worthing <laughs> Uh, I got a job at Tesco's at 16. So whilst yeah. I was going to college, I was working weekends. Um, so it had already been instilled in me that if you want something, you've got to work for yeah, it. Um, yeah. I was very fortunate to go to a private school, but I'm not your traditional private school guy. Yeah. You know, my parents worked incredibly hard. My dad worked away uh, and my mum worked three jobs, um, wow. you know, to put me through private school. Uh, yeah. So I think seeing them do that, sending me private school which as I mentioned earlier I effectively you know was was, a, was an underachiever or, or below average because I just didn't work very hard um, it was like hold on a second as I was maturing I was thinking they've sacrificed an awful lot to send me to that school you know no holidays no no yeah, nice yeah. cars no nothing like you know they effectively you know for a period of about 10 years put every penny into my education uh, and therefore I felt this kind of inherent uh, you know need to 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 almost like repay them and, and prove yeah, them that sure. it was worth it so yeah it, it comes from you know they they were great role models in terms of working hard yeah. uh, but also that kind of i don't want to let them down as yeah, well and, yeah. and uh you know, did, did, did you feel like when you when especially when you i guess come out of college and at that sort of stage did did you feel like you'd let them down a little bit like definitely when, for a period of time when my dad said right you know there's another thing you know so we're in that limbo period between sitting my final a levels and then working out what the hell i'm gonna do yeah. my dad said well you're coming to work with me you're not sitting at home monday <laughs> yeah. to friday and like i said it was those couple of weeks of going i know that life is not for me i'm yeah. just not wired to be able to to do the manual labor and on yeah, a yeah, building sure. site effectively and, and that also gave me that extra drive to go I now have had a taste of what the alternative is yeah, yeah. and that's not for me so I, that that gave me real drive and motivation and I think also all my friends going off to university I was always quite sociable I was always out always doing something playing football or and it was always something else to do other than work or you know study effectively yeah, yeah, and when yeah, they all sure. went off to university um, it was just me and Marcus really as a close group of friends left in in Brighton sort of way it was like actually some of that distraction was taken away where I was yeah. like I've got this opportunity in front of me. I've I've got time now, uh, effectively, because I've got less distractions, and uh, I, I want to make this work. So um, yeah, but it definitely definitely comes from my parents, a hundred percent. Love that, love that. Look, I want to I want to talk about that. It's, it's I guess new celebrity world, the whole you know YouTuber influencers is something you know, like you say, it's only really been born over the last say 10, 15 years really. But I mean, a lot of you you work with some of the biggest names within that space like you know the, the side men etc um what what's tell me about what what from a business point of view what advice would you give to someone looking to get into that into that world i, I think yeah it's it's interesting and it's a question i get asked uh, uh, a fair amount yeah. um i think if you look at there's every year there's a study of you know they kind of ask 12 to 16 year olds what do you want to be when you're older and if you go back 10 15 years it's like i want to be a footballer or i want to be a you know a, an actor or a, a musician etc these days one and two every time is is kind of influencer or, or youtuber etc wow. you know across the board the amount of you know kids that look up to these individuals and, and want to replicate what they've done yeah is incredible um 
unfortunately a lot of people want to get into it for the wrong reason you know they see yeah. the money you know they see the the lifestyle and they think oh god i, I want to be rich and famous ultimately <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, sure. and a lot of people set out with that goal in mind uh, and those guys often don't last very long at all yeah, um, yeah, sure. a lot of the people now that you they look up to they were uploading consistently and working you know incredibly hard for often 12 18 24 months without getting really any recognition or, or renewal mm -hmm. it's about you know consistency and creativity in my view so yeah. you know if you're if you've got ideas and you're passionate about those ideas and what you're doing get going but don't give up after six months even if you're getting five or ten or fifteen views on your video yeah. um, even if you're watching it from your own phone you know <laughs> um, at you you can't expect success in that short period of time yeah. you know you, you really have to keep going and there's an element of luck involved you know yeah. somebody you know all it takes is one video to go viral yeah. and then off the back of that you can build a whole career um, but yeah it's definitely about consistency and you've got to have that kind of creative X factor and that's obviously <clears throat> excuse me one of the things that I've definitely never had yeah, well, okay so uh, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, you know what? I've heard that a fair bit. Like, like I said, when I first wanted to start the podcast, you sort of look at it, and I, you know, I, I, my first episode I, I launched, and then like five <coughs> weeks later, you, there was another one, and then three weeks after that, so there was no. Because then I started reading and, and listening to other podcasts and, and some advice around that, and it's, everyone said about the consistency and trying to do. So I'm like, well, every week I release a new one now, and I've done that for a few months, and you, yeah, the, the numbers are what they are. But you look at it, it's. it's it's been amazing to carry on doing it. And, and everyone you talk to is like, yeah, it's not a six six week thing. You've no. got to do that. Six, you know. And don't chase the numbers either. No. A lot of people I talk about is <clears throat> focus on the content, focus on the yeah. creativity. And if you are producing good content, you're putting it out consistently, the views will come in yeah, time. Yeah, it, yeah. It, you know, it will happen if you're chasing the numbers constantly yeah. um you'll you'll be disheartened and and and, and yeah. uh you know you'll feel like you're failing or not being successful almost if you could hide all the numbers just yeah, focus sure. on the content yeah. and like you say a consistent schedule yeah. that would be my my two biggest tips but also it's not easy you know honestly yeah, the, yeah. it's a bit like you know when i was growing up people wanting to be athletes or football basketball the percentage of people now that are going to make it is incredibly yeah. low. Yeah, um, the great thing about the whole industry is the barriers to entry are very low. Right? Yeah. People think you need expensive equipment or cameras or computers, etc. You know, some of the content that's gone on to do really, really well is still very organic. You know, if you've got a phone, a half decent phone, yeah, and yeah. a set of headphones for a microphone and some free editing software, you can put something together that people will want to watch. You know, yeah. don't don't think you need five or ten thousand pounds worth of equipment to get going, but you know, the other tip is people say, just start, just, you know, you, you, you've got nothing to lose, but also be realistic with your expectations yeah. um, that you know, there's, a, there's a fair chance that you're not going to be the next KSI or, yeah. you know, the next, uh, you know, Tommy in it or whoever else it is that's kind of up and coming these days. So yeah. uh, it's, 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 like I say, I find it a fascinating space. I think, like, like you're saying, I think ultimately people can get into it, like you said, the barrier to entry is very low, but if it's honest and authentic and you're trying to get that across that people buy into that and people that's what people want to see isn't it it's something that, that I guess you can and do you get you must have seen some people over there you go they are just in it for the money and that you've seen them come and go I guess yeah there. absolutely often the ones that are just in it for the money they, they don't stick it out yeah, you know, they yeah, just yeah. can't <coughs> excuse me so uh, it's the ones you know the ones that are ultimately successful 
are the ones that you know just love making content they love yeah. being creative and they love it as a way to express themselves yeah. um, like I said the money and the fame and everything is very much secondary so yeah uh, yeah yeah no, I love it. easy because I, I, like I say I, I, I started doing it and like, this has almost just worked as like a bit of therapy for me. Yeah. Like I just love having I love, one, as you've known me for a few, I love having a chat. Yeah. So for me, just sitting here having a chat with people and and actually just picking their brains about like things that I, I struggle with, like the whole work-life balance thing, which we'll come on to a little bit later. But, uh, you know, that, that type of stuff that you sort of go, uh, talk about culture within the company and, and things I got wrong when I failed at the salon. And, but I think things like failure, success, all those, I love that story, narrative in people's... But, I'm passionate, but I think everyone's got a story to tell. Yeah. And whatever that looks like, whatever part you're on, that part of your journey, everyone's got something to be able to tell. So they come on, and, and I just love hearing about them, so which is, is, is good fun. But um, tell me, so you, you, like, what's interesting, well, like, obviously, like you said, mentioned about like, the Sidemen and people like that who have created the, like you said, like, millions of, of followers and stuff like that, and they that people just some of the stuff that they create like you said but ultimately they're just um, they're creative teams I guess around them that create these amazing just amazing content yeah they're, they're just a, uh, you know ultimately a group of friends who have a bit of a laugh and, and I think that's why you know they've done so well because you know they're so relatable right you know, there's you know kids they they, they although they do live very aspirational lifestyles you know what they're joking about and, and what they're talking about people can relate like to it, and yeah. you know there's there's some questions that go actually as they've increased their production and their team and their budgets and more expensive cameras they've they've you know there's an argument to say you become less relatable but yeah. you know they all started playing video games in their bedrooms which <laughs> millions of other kids around the country were doing as well but you know they had you know, one thing I would say is they all, not just aside, man, anyone who makes it in this world does have some sort of X factor. It's very yeah, hard to put sure. your finger on what it is, but they've all got something that attracts people to yeah. them and, and makes, you know, makes you want to watch them, makes you want to listen to them. Um, and I do genuinely believe that is either something you've got or you haven't. Yeah. Um, I, I certainly haven't got it. Um, but, but uh, yeah, that, because there's not a formula to it right it's not yeah. if you take these steps you will be successful yeah, yeah. you have to have that little extra edge um that, I guess that's just, like you, you relate know. that again like you say i guess to 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 even with football like we're both not bad players mate we've got a little <laughs> bit of locker should we say but you know like, like you said to even then to make it in that world yeah you know you've got to have that little bit more you've got to, to become a professional footballer a professional athlete you've got to have you know i, I practiced all my like i loved it i was you know i weren't far away from maybe mate, but I didn't make it. You've I got weren't that natural good talent. Yeah, yeah, you had, yeah, but you've got to have some something there to be able to to to, to take. And I guess, like you said, it's the same in that world. There's got to be. It can't just be. Well, if I just work hard, I'll keep creating this stuff. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's got to be a little. You got to have an edge, that. definitely yeah, for sure. You got to have. You got to have a little something that that kind of X factor, as I call it. And uh, but it's but it doesn't have to be the same X factor, you know. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. one one thing that's so great about the industry as like I said earlier there's there's such low barriers to entry but also um, there's so many little niches as well that you wouldn't think people would be interested in you know <laughs> some of the things that my clients some of my clients do you think oh my god I can't believe people will watch that but there's lots of you know there's, Give me an example. there's seven so I've got a guy who um, he live streams himself like painting little warhammer figurines right you know like the little like army soldiers sort of things <laughs> yeah. and he's got he's very talented yeah. but he's got this like close up camera 
uh, and he just paints them for like you know one little figure like this it could take him like 24 hours to paint or something and he'll have people live streaming and sometimes he'll talk sometimes he won't and people just watching you think oh, hold on a second that feels like so, such a niche market he makes it makes a living doing it um you know wow. there's there's a there's a whole world of other weird and wonderful you know things that people <laughs> do online uh but like you said there's, there's like seven billion people in the world yeah. chances are and obviously access to the internet there's other people out there that are interested in whatever you're interested in as as, as ever niche as you think it is so uh yeah That's no that cool. always surprises me what what some of my clients <laughs> come up with and, and what they do but that that one always sticks with me and uh really you know really nice guy um but you just think hold on a second say that again what do you do and uh but but yeah it's great Fair play. Blow. Talk, I just want to talk a little bit as well about, obviously, so recently as well, a couple of years ago, started Arcade Media as well. T- tell me a little bit about that business. To, yeah, so that's that a, come about. a really interesting journey. So obviously, I've been working pretty much solely in the social media space uh, for the last probably six or seven years. The first yeah. couple of years of Starbucks, I was still working with traditional businesses in the local business market yeah. as well. But for six or seven years now, this has been my life. This has been my world. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, you know i've built up a very good relationship with a lot of my clients you know as someone's accountant you are naturally in a position of trust you know i know some of these people you know probably better than their own wives or husbands yeah, know them because sure. i see all their bank statements yeah. they talk to me in confidence about certain things that they've got going on in their lives um and and that puts you in a position of trust and and therefore you you build a quite a close tight-knit relationship with them yeah, like sure. for some of these guys and girls i've been working with them for you know nearly 10 years now yeah. um and what happened was obviously this is a, a still a new industry um and what i found was a lot of clients uh, weren't getting proper kind of representation and management there's a huge amount of people out there that will happily go and find you commercial opportunities oh i've got a a sponsorship deal for you I've got a brand deal for you you know they'll, they'll go and you know hustle for you yeah. because they're making a commission off the back of it yeah, um, yeah. and it's a good business model um, but actually in terms of proper management strategizing you know their 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 journey you know through through the next few years of their careers um, also having a bit more of a focus on building their own value building their own IP building their own brands yeah. where a lot of people just focus on the next kind of chasing the next deal over a couple of years I'd been building up this feeling of I think there's a real gap in the market for you know real 360 management whereby you know you're involved in all areas of their lives and and help them from working with their lawyer working with their accountant working with you know their commercial opportunities helping them build brands working out you know ultimately how do you help them achieve their goals you know where do they want to get to and how can I help you get there um I felt there was a real lack of that in this particular space if you look at the traditional model you've got some great talent management companies out there but I felt it was really lacking in this space um and like I said because of the relationship I had with the clients because of my knowledge of the sector ultimately it got to a point where I was like actually I want to try and solve this problem so uh, I was introduced to uh, a chap called Aaron just through a mutual contact who was actually also had a background as an accountant who'd made the jump into talent management he was representing three or four clients at the time we got chatting very similar personalities and said well actually why don't why don't we do something yeah. um so we set up a business 
uh, it was previously known under another a, a different name, but it's now now known as Arcade Media. Uh, he brought in uh, a previous colleague of his uh, called Jordan, and, and the three of us became co-founders of this business. Uh, we set out to, to ultimately you know sign some talent. Yeah. Um, we we pitched to I think three or four. One of them was the the sidemen. Um, we set out, you know, a really comprehensive plan and vision for, you know, what we thought would be good for them. It wasn't perfect, but it showed them yeah. a, a mindset and the types of things that we were thinking about. They fed back with some of their ideas and, and, and we agreed to help them. So we work with them on an exclusive basis. We don't work with any other talent. We haven't signed anybody else. That business was launched in April last year. Um, and since then, we've gone on to launch some amazing projects for them. So mm -hmm. we launched them their own membership club. Um, which was which was really really exciting. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, we launched in their own vodka brand, so XIX Vodka, yes, um, which came out in October. And then we also launched in their own fried chicken business, uh, <laughs> which is currently in about forty sites in the UK, ten in the UAE, um, but it should be up to two hundred sites by the end of this year. Wow. Uh, and you know we achieved all of that in the first six months. Effectively, those those businesses were launched. We've got some really exciting projects coming out later on in the year, but you know they are they're at the pinnacle of UK YouTube and social media really. Yeah, so sure. to have those as your first client, <laughs> it's and, not and a now bad we're win, only mate. client, it's not bad going, <laughs> and uh, you know they certainly keep us on our toes as well. So you know we've been we've been helping them lots, and and I now kind of split my time between the two businesses. So yeah. um, and I'm I'm going through a journey at the moment of you know rebalancing that and bolstering the teams you know at Starbucks and, and over in Arcade Media we're, we're actively recruiting in you know in both businesses um, but you know I see you know my future as you know, kind of being a, a flag bearer and ambassador for Starbucks because I'm still really really passionate about what that business can be and what we've achieved so far I guess um, that's your baby that's as my well. baby as well yeah. I'll find that really really difficult to ever walk away from like I said what we're doing there is hiring some really good people i also feel with starbucks it has been my baby and i've looked after it for, for like i said nearly 10 years now i actually feel a, a fresh lease of life would be good for it you know yeah, uh, sure. uh, it's, if it's just me and it's so closely associated with me um uh, there, there will be a ceiling for it at some yeah. point so bringing in some fresh ideas some fresh blood to really try and kick that business on to the next level despite what's already achieved um i think will be really good for that business and and i've got a real passion at the moment for you know, management, you know, 360 management and, and uh, you know, honing and, and learning my skills in, in that area of the business yeah. as well. So, yeah, I, I split my time at the moment. I'm still very much you know, looking after my, my, my key and my, my core clients uh, over in the accountancy business, um, but also got this. And like I said, working with Jordan and Aaron has been great as well. Yeah. Um, you know, it gives me, you know, it's kind of, I've really got the passion for it at the moment, yeah. you know, yeah, which, yeah. Is, which, is, which is really good. Some, I, I tell you what, for, for me, taking out of that, just the, the level of self awareness that you've got, like, because even at, you know, at 30, still looking at something that you've grown with Starbucks and being able to, to recognise that, you know what, the best thing for that business is for me to actually come out of that a little bit. A little bit. I guess in, in, part, part of it, I look at something like, I, I don't know, I've listened to a couple of podcasts where Ben Francis from Gymshark has spoke about where he was like, I'm not the right person to run that. He's come back in as CEO now, yeah, but, yeah. but being that self-aware to be able to go, I know I'm not the right person potentially at the moment for this. I'll get someone else in for you, slightly different in the sense. But you're looking at it going, I've got it to this stage. 
you've obviously started Arcade Media mm. as well, which is another obviously sounds like a very exciting project. I'm not going to lie. Um, and and then being able to go right, okay, the best thing for Starbucks is I'm going to get more people into run that. Yeah, I think the risk is you know after so long running that business, I, I had kind of tunnel vision a little bit with yeah. it, and and you think actually this could could be so much more, and and you know uh, it's such an exciting project. Actually, if somebody comes in with a new energy um, to really then take it on to the next level, I mean yeah. I'll, I'll never. You know, not be involved or, or leave that that business because, like I said, it, it's so exciting. We've got lots of exciting plans for that as well. Yeah. Starbucks wants to move into being more than just tax and accountancy. So at the moment, we do tax and accounting through yeah. Carpenter Box. We do financial services, you know, financial advice through Carpenter Box as well. Um, but we're soon to be launching a, you know, a mortgages business. So there'll be Starbucks Mortgages, which will be a joint venture with a local yeah. business in Brighton, and and similarly with insurance as well. So the, the idea is is that. You know, people within that Starbucks ecosystem can get those four key kind of professional services of tax and accountancy, financial services, mortgage and investments. And you shouldn't need to go outside of that world um, to, okay. to get those services. So that's again, you know, but that needs somebody to really kind of champion that and drive that forwards. And yeah. uh, going back to what we were talking about earlier with kind of work life balance, you know, acknowledging and appreciating that I can't do it all um, yeah. uh, and as much as I'd want to and as much as part of me thinks I give it a go uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh, but I'll burn out and, and, yeah. and it won't be good in the long term so uh, yeah looking to you know bring in some some really talented senior people and you know trusting them that, that yeah. they'll you know almost like somebody described it as you know handing over the keys to the Porsche a little bit it's like well that's fine as long as they look after it so um, yeah but it's it's uh, it's yeah, really really Make exciting play. No, it does it sounds yeah well look talking about obviously you know it's Starbucks you've got Arcade Media and, and, and as we mentioned obviously Young Family recently so what T talk to me about work-life balance. Do you feel that because obviously you're aware of it and you, you you're taking that in your pro mind processes looked into that. So, it, do you have a work-life balance? Do you think you you're at that stage now? And what does that look like? I'm, I'm not there yet. It's a work yeah. in progress. Um, I, I think it's a real balance between you know handing over but but not losing kind of all control. And, and mentally, I do struggle to go. I, I want to get involved, I want to be part of it, I want to be in all the meetings, all the discussions, but yeah. you know, it's one thing kind of knowing you want to trust people and hand things over, but actually yeah. forcing yourself to do it is sometimes a little bit more difficult. So I'm, I'm definitely on a journey with it. Um, yeah. I'd say I'm in a better place now than I was a year ago, and I think I put some of that down to obviously my daughter coming along yeah, and sure. you know, wanting Game to changer, make sure it? I spend time with her and, and be around for her. and and uh, you know, try and try and get that better. But one thing I've also realized is it's not just around the amount of hours that you're actually working. It's like the hours that you're not working, if your mind is still working, you're thinking about work, then you're distracted anyway. You might as well be working a lot of the time, you know? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm really trying at the moment working on, you know, turning my phone off, you know, I obviously, got married uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago. We had our wedding, we got legally married last year, but we had our wedding a couple of weeks ago and it's like, just allowing myself to take some time off for these big life events and other yeah. things that are going on, I think is really, really important. And, you know, 99 times out of 100, if I do take a day off, I do something, I come back and everything's fine, right? <laughs> uh, but, uh, but often, you know, your mind says, well, I could be doing this, I could be doing that. So definitely a work in progress. I'm definitely learning. Um, yeah. But I'm one thing that I think you, you said, I've the first hurdle is the self-awareness and realizing it. Yeah, and yeah. now I'm trying to deal with it and uh, and yeah 
let go a little bit of control to yeah. allow me to enjoy life outside of work a little bit more. So, uh, yeah, not there yet, but uh, we'll keep going. Hey, listen, I've got a few years on you and I'm still certainly not there yet. Hence <laughs> one of the ways I ask this question in probably every episode, just trying to get, because it is it's something like to switch off from things. Like you said, that uh, I, I, I sometimes go, yeah, no, I've stopped working. I'm not actually at my computer, mm. but my brain is still there. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, again, similar to you trying to go, look, well, as you alluded to a little bit earlier, like it's be, being present in that mm. moment, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Like one thing I've one thing I've done recently, which I found has really helped, is I've I've got a second phone number now. So I've, I, I would never be a two phone man. I've got one <laughs> phone, uh, which all my clients have got my number for, uh, but I got a second SIM card on the same phone. Yeah. So what that means is selection I think I gave my my personal number out to 15 people right yeah, and only yeah. my mum my dad my wife a couple of select friends and and one colleague in the in the case of an emergency have that phone number and on my phone I can just turn off my work number so if I'm going out on an important day I yeah. can just turn the whole number off so people can't call me they can't whatsapp me they can't get hold of me uh, but actually I've still got a number that if I want to phone somebody or contact someone I yeah, can do yeah, yeah. and I've got this kind of personal number so that little things like that you yeah. know just give me a little bit of balance um yeah. and you That's know great yeah. so it's just one thing that i've found has been helpful yeah yeah okay. what what do what, what do you do to to switch off like is the you know, like obviously play football or blah 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 but what, what what's your how do you switch off i'll go for a run some most mornings but yeah it's, it's a it's a tough one obviously with a young daughter you know you don't, <laughs> don't get, get much, much time, time to yourself you know when i'm not working uh, it gets easier mate uh, i promise running, you running running around uh after her she's just starting to move at the moment you know <laughs> crawling around so can't take your eyes off her um but but really it's it, it's family time um you know taking the dog for a walk you know taking millie for a walk um Brighton season tickets so I try and get over there which is a little bit nice. of downtime which is which is quite nice um, and Good then result at, at, at the weekend yeah unfortunately I was away so I missed probably the best game of the season or probably the best <laughs> game in the last five or six years but uh, uh, you know the, the diary's just crazy this year with obviously two years of Covid we've got I think I've got five weddings to go to, um, you know, lots of other kind of events and things that have been put off. So, yeah, just trying to kind of have those boundaries. You know, I try yeah. not to work weekends. Um, I'd rather do long days in the week and, and, and not work weekends and just try and have that, you know, bit of time where I'm away from, from work and away from the office. But, uh, yeah, family time, friends, yeah. out, out and about, really, just keep myself busy. Good times, good times. Right. Listen, we're just coming towards the end, so I've got a couple of last um, questions to sort of wrap up with. But just tell me, what what does the future hold for Sam Ewins? Yeah, it's, it's a really exciting question, and one that I try not to think too far into the future. I very much focus on kind of tomorrow or next week rather yeah. than thinking too far ahead. But I look back at what I've achieved over the last year with launching Arcade Media, you know, Starbucks branching out away from just tax and accountancy, and and you know I think it's. You know, the future is is certainly, you know, believing in both of those businesses and really driving them forwards. And, yeah. and certainly in Arcade Media, we're working on some really exciting projects, which, you know, we're working to build some of these companies to be, you know, billion pound brands. That's what we're working towards, wow. you know, wow. XIX Vodka. You know, we're, we're going to be launching that internationally. It's going to be in stores and shops. And, you know, uh, for me, that's where that kind of passion I had for business. I'm, I'm really 
being allowed to express that a little bit more yeah, as an yeah, accountant, absolutely. although you can get involved in, in business, you're working in kind of one vertical in the finance function, yeah. whereas over in Arcade Media, we're across marketing, finance, even HR, sales, commercial deals, and I'm, I'm learning my craft a little bit over there as well. Um, but that for me is, I think, really, really exciting. But I'm never gonna turn my back on, on my roots with, with being an accountant. It's, it's got me to where I am today. Um, I think it's the backbone of any business, understanding oh, your finances, making sure you know, uh, you know, all the finances are, are in order. Um, so still helping you know, a select group of clients over there, yeah. um, helping them also achieve you know, their goals and their dreams. And, and, and yeah, uh, you know, I, think, I think just keeping that, that balance going, but also you know, the work-life balance as yeah. well, you know, really trying to work on that over the next five years um, and, and make sure I get to see my daughter grow up and, and yeah. spend plenty of time with her. Mate, amazing. That's fair, mate. Ventura, look, it's, it, like I say, it's been such a, it's been such, so fascinating, really, to sort of, obviously, you know, what, I took over Fernbulls nearly 10 years ago, which was probably when I met you on the football pitch, and yeah. then just to see, like, this, almost the start of your career and what, and it develop and, you know, and then launching your own business and starting and with Starbucks, it's been fascinating to see, and I was so great to obviously get you on and have a, have, have a chat with it, mate, and it's been and look, I'm sure continued success without a shadow of a doubt. But um, we're going to finish off with a couple of quick fire questions. I've got one here. What uh, what one piece of advice would you give to your 18 year old self? Yeah, well, obviously uh, looking back, you know, now obviously that was a real key time for me. And, yeah. and I think uh, one thing I would say is certainly for anybody interested in the you know the, the industry that I work in in, in tax and accounting. Um, you know, find your niche. Find you know what you're passionate about, yeah. uh, and 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 stick to it, and kind of really become a, an expert in 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 that world. You know, I did it with with social media, but there's no reason why you couldn't do it with an area that you're passionate about. Yeah. Um, build your network up. You know, and for the first few years of your career, don't try and you know conquer the world. Just learn from the people around you. Build your network, and uh, you know hone your craft. And then when the time comes, you'll be there, you know, ready to strike in my view. So uh, yeah, work hard, find your niche, find what you're passionate about. That's the most important thing at that age. I love that, love that. And look, as, as, as we've mentioned previously, obviously Stephen Bartley was a bit of a, um, an inspiration to me for starting this podcast really so and I, I i do mention it on here that i have stolen this one from him so this my previous guest has left you a message uh, a question which i'm i'm, I'm going to read to you now um, okay interesting one okay uh, if your company or business was a well-known global brand which one would it be and why oh god that's a tough question, a tough um, question. <laughs> Are you a curveball there, mate? Yeah, you have. Yeah, the previous guest has yeah, caught, <laughs> caught me out. My mind wanders naturally to, you know, uh, businesses. You know, the, the the super super successful businesses. But um, I think one for me that that might not be as well known, but if you're involved in the industry at all, you know, you'll know it. There's there's a company called YMU, as previously known as James Grant. They're the biggest talent management company uh, in Europe. Um, they also you know, have offices out in in the U.S., but they're a you know, multi. You know, I think they probably turn over a, a few hundred million pounds. Oh. Um, but you know, th th what they've achieved, 
you know, uh, and and the way they run their business is something that I think you know is, is really aspirational. And, and you look at you know, if you could even get to a tenth of what they've done, you'd be doing very very well for yourself. So yeah, slightly left left ball, and as like I said, might be a, a little bit industry specific, but uh, unfortunately. Uh-huh. You know the big the big accountancy players get a bit of a bad reputation, <laughs> and, and actually, with what I do, uh, I'd be wanting to uh, steer away from from their journey as much as possible. So, uh, and and you know, like I said, what we're doing with Starbucks is is really trying to, uh, you know, be less traditional in in what the accountancy world stands for and its reputation. We're trying to almost change the reputation of accountants um, single handedly, maybe. But yeah, uh, yeah we'll we'll keep trying. Mate. What a great way to finish. Great answer. Listen, as I said, mate, thanks so much for coming on. It's been brilliant chatting to you and fascinating conversation. And, look, mate, thanks for your time. Wish you continued success. And uh, and congratulations again on coming a father and getting married. Over the Thank you very much. No, thanks for having me. And like I said, from 10 years ago on uh, a six-a-side football <laughs> pitch, to, I never thought we'd be here, but uh, <laughs> really grateful for the opportunity. And uh, it's great what you guys are doing with the County Business Club. So, uh, yeah, you, all mate. the best. Legend. And that is a wrap. Thank you.